Welcome to the Empire You Financial Podcast. I am your host, CEO and founder of Empire You Financial, Eva Palacios. I'm so excited to be joining you today. Today's topic has probably been the most repeated question that I've been getting this entire week. And it's has it has a lot to do with where we're at in the economy, where we're at in terms of rates, and whether or not it's a good time to move forward with something like this. So today, guys, I'm going to be talking about your road to home ownership and whether or not it's a good idea to buy today or in today's market. Now, depending upon when you're hearing this, you know, our podcast drops every single Tuesday. So first and foremost, do me a favor, like, subscribe, and share this with your friends and family because you know every financial golden nugget I drop, it's going to be a good one that's going to help you te- help you learn how to manage finances, how to build credit, and really just empower your financial future. So With that being said, let's go ahead and get started. I want to start with first sharing how we purchased our first home, because I don't think a lot of you know the story on the craziness and, and, and the not so normal things we did to purchase our first home. Now, for those of you who don't know, I currently reside in Stockton, California, originally from the Bay Area. If you caught last week's episode, you know I'm from Daly City. And, um, you know, when me and my husband got together back then, we weren't married just yet. And being in the financial space that I was in, I would have to say, number one, (laughs) number one, the first thing you need to be discussing with your spouse, with your significant other, with the person that you plan to purchasing your home with, the first thing you need to decide is number one, where do you guys want to live? And most importantly, be in alignment. The, The most important factor is just communicating with one another, like what your goals, dreams, and desires are, and what takes priority. So in terms of the household that I grew up in, I grew up in my grandmother's home. When grandma, grandpa passed away, they passed down one of their homes to my mother and we lived there, you know, very happy, very comfortable. I mean, shoot, it was a home and I was just grateful and thankful that my mom owned it. Not until I started my career in the credit counseling industry, specifically at the job, where I really started to then understand the power behind real estate, home ownership, building equity, in essence, owning the space that you live in. And not until I understood that is when I really got to understand, okay, well, when it's time for me and hubby to move out, oh yeah, for sure, we're not moving out to where we're going to pay rent. Now, again, guys, I'm sharing the story behind what we did and what our mindset was and what our thought process was. Not to say that it's right or wrong, but I think it's so important to understand people's journeys and why they make the financial moves that they make. Because while I was surrounded in an environment at a job to learn all of the factual information about money, credit, and finance, and in this case, home ownership, the the majority of my environment was also at home. 
and, and that culture and that lifestyle. So I knew at an early age, based on the information that I got from work and based on our living arrangement, I knew right off the bat, I wanted to be a homeowner. And when we decided to leave my mom's home, it was going to be to buy a house. And thank goodness, like they, I still, I'm like, and if you guys know me, you guys will always hear me say like, I thank God for placing Will on my path to grow with and spend 25 years with, because I kid you not, he allowed us, he allowed me the freedom to be able to make some decisions. And he was like, okay, I trust you. I trust you. And there's like not a whole lot of couples that can say that. So I'm super grateful that he did. And you know, of course, why not? Because I do have that financial background and I was learning, but not just because I worked at the job, was because we were having these conversations. Okay, like, I don't agree with renting. Do you agree with renting? He was like, well, shoot, well, what's the difference? Like, can we buy and not rent? Is a mortgage payment the same price as rent? Is rent more expensive? Which, like, what are the numbers? And that right there is factor number two, guys. If you are thinking about moving out of wherever that you're living in, Let's look at the numbers to see what makes the most sense financially for you. Is it to purchase a home or is it to rent an apartment to figure out then where do you want to live? We both knew we wanted to purchase a home. We also both knew we would not want to purchase a home in the Bay Area because we wanted more house for our money. What does that mean? Growing up in the Bay Area, you can easily spend at least half a million dollars back then. So let me rewind. We bought our first home in 2004, but we started thinking about and planning it a whole year prior. See, when you have more time to plan things out, you can be better prepared when it comes time to making that purchase or or completing that transaction. So even though we purchased in 2004, we in essence started planning in 2003. So some of the things we thought about was, okay, we want more home for our money. And back then in the Bay Area, back then, 2004, The most you would be able to get was like a two bedroom, one bathroom for at least 500,000. And I thought to myself, there is no way we are going to do that. So we researched and I literally researched, went into Google, what is the closest, cheapest city to the Bay Area? Because mind you, we lived in the Bay Area We were raised in the Bay Area. My job was in San Francisco. His job was in San Mateo slash Foster City. So in essence, we were on this side of the bridge, which is one of the most expensive sites to be on. But we did our research and demographically, we're like, okay, we know how much it costs to be on this side of the bridge. For those of you who aren't familiar, Golden Gate Bridge, Bay Bridge, San Mateo Bridge. We got three bridges connecting us over here. So we started doing research and we're like, okay, well, what does it look like across the other side of the bridge? Nope, still too expensive. 
And we got a little bit further and further and further. And hence, we ended up in Stockton, California, which is, without traffic, about an hour and 40 minutes from San Francisco. Now, when we were researching, again, I wanted more house for our money. I wanted to be sure that financially, if one of us ever lost our jobs, that the other person can hold us together with their paycheck. Now that, in my recommendation, is tip number three. While the world and the internet shows people living in these big, lavish homes, you don't know the story behind how they got there. On purpose, we designed our financial journey and our financial future based on one person's income. Because... You never know what life can throw at you. So when we figured out where the closest, cheapest city to the Bay Area was and where we wouldn't mind living, we said, okay, back then. Our first home, Stockton, 2004, was a five-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, 2,600-square-foot home for 224 thousand dollars now being in california like that back then was amazing we literally got more house for half of the price i will tell you this our friends and family thought we were crazy they were like you're moving too far who do you know who's out there you're moving to the country Thank goodness me and my husband were in alignment because we didn't let the outside noise detour us from our goal. So once we found the city and we found the price tag, now it was, okay, um, what are we going to do in terms of jobs? We did research, more research. What does the pay look like? in Stockton versus the Bay Area. Guys, it was nuts. No wonder why the houses were 224,000 because back then, like your average medium household was again, half of the income of what the Bay Area was giving us. So we thought to ourselves, okay, well, wait a minute. That's not gonna really work because if we both stopped working at our jobs in the Bay Area and got jobs in Stockton or closer to what we call the Central Valley, we would not be able to survive on just a one-person paycheck household. So what do we do? I was like, okay, well, you know what? At my job, they have a lot of people who telecommute now. They were in different positions than I was. Back then when we were looking for houses, I was a level one counselor, which required you to be in the office. But I said, you know what? Just like Steve Harvey says, you have not because you ask not. I didn't even go to my boss. I went to the CEO because I like to say I was her favorite on purpose because I was so good at my job. They put me right outside of her office. So she heard 
how I counseled people and helped people with their finances. And frankly, other people were afraid of her, not me. I'm like, she regular people. She just owns the company, like nothing to be afraid of. So I remember one day knocking on her window because her office was all glass, knocking on her window. And I'm like, hey, JB, we called her JB by her initials. I have a question for you, but you know, when you got time, like, let me know. She was like, no, come on in. She was so amazing. I don't know why people were afraid of her. I think they were just intimidated because she was the boss. And I'm like, no, she, we cool. So I walked into her office and I said, you know, I'm just kind of curious. I said, you know, me and, you know, my boyfriend back then, you know, we're thinking about purchasing a home. And we're not going to purchase in the Bay Area because it's just way too expensive. I want more house for my money. And because of all the things that I learned while working here, like, I want more house for my money. I said, so I was wondering, is there an opportunity to where I can work from home? And she was like, you know, looking at work, not really giving me eye contact. And she put all her stuff down and she looked at me and she's like, if I don't let you work from home, does that mean you're going to find another job? I said, yeah, probably, because I am not going to commute. She's like, okay, I'll talk to HR. We'll get you set up at home. I'm like, what in the world? Like, it was that easy. Now, I did tell her, I said, okay, look, I'm going to be moving to Stockton. I don't know when yet, because the home that we have our eye on, it's new construction. So it's going to take about six to eight months to build but I wanted to ask in advance before I committed and put a deposit down on that home. And she's like, absolutely, you have my word. I remember leaving the office that day so excited to come home and tell Will, yo, we're about to make Bay Area money and live in the Central Valley. Like that was a dream come true. Now, unfortunately, his job, back then he was working for Comcast, and he was um, an installer, and he couldn't work from home. He had to be at the office, because as an installer, you got to go to the main office, you got to pick up all the equipment, you got to go install the cable boxes and all that good stuff. So it wasn't even an opportunity for him to actually work from home. But I asked him, Like, do you still want to move forward if you can't work from home? In essence, you would be commuting every day. And I already know, like, I mean, I didn't know back then because we hadn't commuted, but I could only assume, you know, between his job and house, it was more of a two-hour drive. And I know, like, I know time being on the road two hours one way, two hours away back, that's four hours. That's a part-time job, unpaid driving on the road every single day and he's like you know what babe like I trust you like you know what we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and we're gonna try it out and this is guys like tip number four go after your dreams ask for things that you think are impossible and see what happens go after your dreams and see what happens make the move if you don't like it then move right back Like, just because you make a purchase doesn't mean that's the final, the final, final. Like, if it didn't work work out, we just sell the house and move right back. Or we sell the house and move someplace else. Like, we don't know until we go. So, sure enough, we're like, okay. We, when we were shopping around and we were Googling the closest, cheapest cities, I was comparing 
you know, another tip. I was comparing what's the price of an already built home going for compared to a brand new construction where I can choose, in essence, the upgrades, what I want. Do I want hardwood floors or do I want carpet? Like, what do I want? And the new home construction won because back then it was the same price. And I thought to myself, I would rather spend money on something that is my own versus buying somebody else's houses, somebody else's house. Now, I will have to say the reason, not just because of the price tag, but like, I'm going to be real. Like, I kind of grew up with trauma. And I want to talk about this because I truly believe that any financial decisions you've made in the past If they left you feeling some type of way, ugly, embarrassed, sad, angry, that's going to dictate the types of financial moves you're going to make in the future. When I say that I was a little traumatized and I didn't want to buy an older home or somebody else's home, is because I grew up in my grandmother's house, who is now my mom's house, and it wasn't the best. Like... You know, there's a leaky faucet and the handle wouldn't work. We'd put a wrench on that. And that's how we turned on the hot and cold water. Because plumbing was weird. The hot water was really the cold water and the cold water was hot water. Not to mention all the other shenanigans. So I knew whatever home I bought, I do not want to buy somebody else's shenanigans. Now, there are definitely some advantages to buying home construction. That's going to be a whole nother different podcast. But in terms of buying the home, we literally were looking at floor plans. We're looking at photos online, you know, the different models, you know, how many different floor plans. But not until about two weeks later, we actually drove to Stockton to be able to actually look at the homes. Because guys, pictures can be deceiving. You may love a floor plan, but not until you walk in it is when or whether or not you're going to feel the vibe. Feel that if it's actually someplace you can call home. So we spent the weekend looking at different model homes, different, you know, still similar price range, but, you know, different builders. So we ended up falling in love with the house and we had to put a deposit down which thank goodness we, we were already savers and, and, and putting money down and we had already started saving. But now because it's new construction, they told us it would take eight months to build, which now like they build houses like super fast. But back then it would take eight months to build. So we looked at the numbers. We looked at how much money we were making. And this is where we sacrificed. Because I knew not only did we want a brand new home for that price tag, it started at $224,000, but we upgraded and we picked a little bit of features, not a whole lot, because I also understood that this is our first home, and nine times out of ten, your first home is not your forever home. So I didn't want to throw in all of these bells and whistles because I wanted us to have a low and affordable mortgage payment. 
And I also knew that we needed to plan ahead to furnish the home. And this is where a lot of people forget. And you may think, well, I'm already in a house, so we're just going to move all the furniture into the new space. I don't know who you're fooling, guys, because all of a sudden that old sofa does not look good in the new house. Who's with me on that one? Or that bedroom set is on its last limb that during transportation it broke, so now you need a new bedroom set. So many things that people don't think about and you need to be thinking about these things. You know, a lot of people, you know, in essence, thought we were out of our minds. One, moving so far. Two, buying a brand new construction home because nobody in our circle has ever done that. And three, how can two people at the age of 23 and 24 accomplish this? You want to know how? Because we sacrificed and we were dedicated and we were in alignment with one another. We knew we wanted to come to the table with 20% down. Why? To avoid private mortgage insurance. See, when you buy a home and you don't come to the table with 20% down, you have to pay an extra monthly fee, which is private mortgage insurance or mortgage insurance, which benefits you in no way whatsoever other than the ability to be able to purchase a home. But that insurance is in favor of the mortgage lender because you're paying that mortgage insurance without coming to the table at 20%, which is the norm. On purpose, they make you do this so that if you default on the loan and now you can't afford it and now that goes, that home goes into foreclosure, they get to still get paid. Now, you end up with a foreclosure, but at the end of the day, the lender is protected because of that insurance that you're paying for. So I knew, we knew ahead of time, oh, no, we're coming to the table with 20% down. So we calculated what's 20% down. And I want to say the purchase price was $224,000, and by the time we were done, it was like $240,000. So we did 20% off of two forty, dollars and we mapped that out. We came up with that dollar amount and made a note of it and started saving for it. But then we also understood. Now, back then, we only had Desmond. We only had one child to worry about. And we were living at the time in my mother's home, but in what we call the in-law studio at the bottom of the house, which was a two-bedroom, one-bath. Now we're moving into a five-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath. And I knew, oh, we need to furnish this bad boy. So we made ourselves another budget. We need a living room set. We need, you know, bedroom set. You know, we need stuff for Desmond. Like, we need stuff. I will say this, guys. When I say we sacrificed, that meant our friends did not see us for a whole year. We weren't going out. We weren't eating. We weren't doing anything extra, no traveling, no vacations. We were literally just paying our bare essentials. Paid my mom rent. We both had car payments, car insurance, two cell phone bills, our groceries, and our baby needs. 
formula, diapers, and that was it, guys. In those eight months, we saved $82,000. $82,000, guys. Why? Because we were disciplined and we sacrificed. We tuned out the outside noise. And we got laser focused and road mapped what we desired to have when we bought our first house. Now, I don't really share that with too many people, but the reason I'm sharing that with you guys is because there's a lot of you that are out there that think home ownership is not possible when all it really comes down to is sacrificing, knowing the numbers, and being laser focused and committing to the goal but also being in communication because I was the saver in our relationship while my hubby was a spender, but he wasn't that kind of spender. He was the, okay, babe, like we're saving all this money. Like, can we at least go out to dinner? Like maybe one time? Absolutely. Because I strongly believe that you should celebrate some wins and reward yourself for being committed and staying on track. But we weren't going out to like Ruth Chris and Morton's or none of that. Like we were sticking very bare minimum and going to like Denny's and El Torito's. But guys, when I say that if you get laser focused about your financial goals, you can accomplish anything. $82,000 in eight months combined, combined. So sure enough, when it came time to buy the house, cut that check, that felt, that felt amazing. We still had a whole lot of money in the bank. I will say this, because we were so disciplined for the next eight months and we sacrificed so much, And in essence, we moved far away from our friends and family. When it came time to furnishing that house, guys, we had five bedrooms. We furnished two. The other three rooms were completely empty. And here's another thing. So many of you guys out there, we call it the sofa syndrome. You buy the house and you feel like we got to design it. We need to feel it. We need to make it look all beautiful. So when people come over, it looks amazing. Like it's in a magazine, which uh, yes, yes, that feels good. It looks good. But at the end of the day, we also understood that there was a commute on half of our side. If anybody got sick, As long as you're working for somebody else, you're not in control of your paychecks. We, on purpose, made sure we didn't go out and buy all this furniture stuff and go crazy filling the home because now that we're homeowners, if anything happens to our income, God forbid, we can still make those mortgage payments, which we did. So just because you have money in the bank with the intention of furnishing the home, I tell my clients this. Your home is a 30-year project, guys. Like, you don't have to furnish it right off the bat. You don't have to spend 80 million hours in home goods or a Hobby Lobby falling in love with all of the decor and filling your home up. No, let's get used to those mortgage payments. 
and the homeowner's insurance and whatever else that may come up. So I will tell you this, buying the new home meant no backyard. We had a backyard, but it was dirt. On purpose, we, say, we, we held on to the money and savings. We literally game planned and analyzed how we were going to furnish it, which three rooms were empty. And if anybody wanted to come sleep over, they'd be slipping on an air mattress. Like, how many of you are doing things like spending money just to make other people happy? Or just to look a certain way? Stop it, guys. Stop it. What matters is how you feel about your financial situation. Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses. Don't worry about, oh my gosh, I got to have a brand new bedroom set. So in case somebody comes over to visit, they're there. What if nobody comes to visit? Hey, by all means, we got a couch. Got an air mattress. Y'all want to come over? That's what we got. So lived in the home. We did not do anything to our backyard for two years while everybody else around us, they move in, they're, you know, backyard, all kinds of cool stuff. And I'm like, nope, we're going to wait it out. We're going to wait it out. Because like, we don't know what we want in our backyard. But what I did know was I didn't want to just put grass out there just to have and to do if in case later on I wanted to change my mind. So, We lived in the home for two years, two years, guys, moved in February, 2004, lived in the home, got used to the commute, working from home, still saved, still, you know, had the housewarming party, like we still lived life, but I knew I wanted a swimming pool in that backyard. Because if I was going to live in Stockton at like 100 degree weather, I wanted us to be able to enjoy that backyard. But I also didn't want to spend 50 to 100 grand on a swimming pool. And I didn't want to landscape the yard to then tear it up to then do a swimming pool because I do not like wasting money. So instead, I'd rather wait for two years. And while people came to visit and they're like, oh my gosh, even like you don't have a yard done? I sure don't. I sure don't. But am I, am I getting the yard for you or am I getting the yard for me? That was another thing that I really loved about our marriage was that it was just me and him and we did not do anything that the world told us to do because at the end of the day, we were the ones in control of our finances and our financial future. But check this out, which I'm going to get to in, in a different episode. But buying that new construction home in 2004 for 224,000 base price. Afterwards it was about 240 with the upgrades and stuff. 2 years later. 2 years later, guys. That home was worth 480,000. $240,000 more 2 years later. So when you guys are really thinking about whether or not You move to pay rent or you move to purchase a home. Yes, one of the comparisons should be how much is my mortgage payment versus rent. But you guys also need to think about equity. How much value 
Will that home grow during the time that you're living in it? And this is where you got to get good with the real estate agent and look at market trends and like analyze neighborhoods and, and the economy. But I don't know about you. California has always been on the rise. Heck, it's more expensive today than what it was back in 2004. Two years later, equity built to two, you know, plus you basically an addition of 240000 And I thought to myself, okay, okay, what do we do with equity? Now, back then, I wasn't at the position to where I was learning about the importance behind being strategic on what conditions to tap into your equity. Because let's be real, the job that I worked at, in essence, it catered to a lot of people who were coming to us for hardship. They're losing their homes. They're losing their cars. Their credit scores dropped. They have a lot of debt. People only called my job in a panic. Very rarely would people call to plan their financial future, to invest, to make their money grow for them. Now, we did have certified financial planners on site. We would just transfer them. I wasn't exposed to that. So when me and hubby heard about equity, we're like, hold the phone. We just made $240,000 by being here for two years. What can we do with that? I am still very happy on what we decided to do with that equity, which we did a cash out refi. We didn't cash everything out. We cashed out some. And what we did was part of that sum, we did the backyard, which beautiful, like everybody loved our yard. As a matter of fact, you know, we designed the yard. We got a swimming pool back there. There was walk rod of waterfalls, like the works. And we took the rest of the money and we got married. So this happened. We did the cash out refi, 2006. We sat on it. And in 2007 is when we're like, okay, money's been sitting in the bank. It's been growing. Let's really be strategic with how much we want to spend on the yard, how much we want to spend getting married. Guys, I kid you not, we only pulled out 75 grand because I was like, if we pull out more, who knows what we're going to do with it. We can always pull out more later. We can always do a HELOC later. But like, let's still be mindful and keep that mortgage payment low so that we do not become stressed on if one of us loses our job, the other person cannot float us. So we pulled out 75,000. We put 55 into the yard and took 20 to get married. Now, probably you guys are thinking like, oh my gosh, y'all got married only spending $20,000? Yes, because we were also very strategic with doing that as well. Like, and, and thank goodness, like, amazing friends, you know, bestie, you know, created all of our wedding invitations. Like we had people, you know, making the centerpieces like, oh, the, the bouquet of roses for the bride and all the bridesmaids, Costco. Like when I talk about, we were very strategic with our money and we budgeted everything. Now I will say this. We only spent 20 G's, 
and that paid for everything. My dress, the rings, the limo, the 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 bachelor party, like all that stuff. We paid for everything. We had 200 guests at our wedding. No kids because the kids' plates were way too expensive. And I wanted our adult friends to have a great time, which, like, we still the talk of the town when it came to that wedding. Why? Because we got married at Wine and Roses Hotel. And for those of you who don't know, go Google it. Wine and Roses Hotel in Lodi, inside the big grand ballroom. It was amazing and beautiful. And the largest ticketed item was renting the facility and paying people for food. We both come with big, large, my Mexican family, his Nicaraguense family, but we're like, you know what? We're sending out 200 invites. You don't RSVP by this date, you are off the list, and we're going to invite other people. We were very strict with our guest list, with our budget. But yeah, guys, like we cashed out. Not entirely, but we cashed out. Now we had the backyard of our dreams. We had the wedding of our dreams. And then we continued to be there until 2008 came, where it was a crash. And that equity plummeted. But that didn't matter. Why didn't it matter? Because, see, you only lose equity if you sell your home. So why am I telling you this story? Because a lot of you are stuck with the outside world telling you, don't buy today because the interest rates are 6 and 7%. It's too expensive. The home prices are too expensive. If the market drops, you're going to lose equity. We didn't lose the equity. I mean, technically, yes, market drops, values drop, you no longer have equity, but you only lose if you sell the home. Remember, this home intended for a 30-year project. So you hold on to your real estate until the market bounces back and you may regain the equity. You may even gain more equity. So guys, stop listening to the other people that are instilling fear in you. First and foremost, you got to ask them. You got to look at their situation. Are they a homeowner? Because you shouldn't be taking advice from other people who aren't homeowners. Point blank, period. Number one. Number two, you can never go wrong owning real estate. You could only go wrong if you sell it at the bad time. When it's low, just like stocks. You buy low, sell high. But in this case, guys, this is the roof over your head. Look at the numbers. What makes sense for you and your situation? I have friends and colleagues that are like, no, I don't want to own a home. I would rather rent because I don't know if I want to live in that city for that long. If I rent over here, I have the flexibility of moving whenever I want. I have the flexibility if something goes wrong in my apartment, I just call the landlord and then come fix it. Like everybody's situation is their own, but you first have to decide like what makes sense to you. For us, it was more house for our money financially planned accordingly, creating that financial plan to where if one of us lost our job, the other one can hold down the fort. 
See, many people are living paycheck to paycheck. Why? Because you didn't create a plan for yourself. And you're distracted with all these shiny objects. And you're eating out three to four times a week. You're getting Starbucks and Dunkin' every single day. You're paying too much on your cable bill because you haven't put in the time to call to ask if they have any promotions to lower that bill. You pay $300 a month on cell phone service because that's what you've always done, not realizing that there are other cell phone companies where you can get the same lines, same level of service, paying a fraction of the price. Guys, you got to get good with your money. So I ask you, what does your relationship look like when it comes to money? Are you a spender? Are you a saver? What do your financial goals look like? What are you doing to make your money make more money? What are you doing to really plan for the future and retirement? Because of the things that I've learned in my career and because I'm very disciplined, very strategic, and I didn't get like this, I got with having the right mentors at the job. Keep in mind, now the journey still surrounding myself amongst the right mentors, the right coaches to now get new information. Because remember what I told you, back in 2006, I learned about equity and we went to make some plays with it. But now fast forward time, oh no, we ain't touching equity to do that. Oh, we're not touching equity to just go out and have parties and do stuff. Oh no, we're touching equity so that we can buy more real estate. We take the money to make more money to duplicate it, triple it, quadruple it so that we can live a better life. So I hope you've picked up a bunch of golden nuggets with that. I'm going to come back to you next week to talk to you why specifically we purchase new construction and the plan and not necessarily hidden information, but the strategic game plan on when to buy, how to buy, who to buy, what to consider when it comes time for new construction, because that in itself is a whole nother game. So with that being said, guys, I look forward to you. I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. And most importantly, guys, I look forward to helping you live life on your own terms. Take a look at what you see, what I become. It ain't hard to tell. Young legend of my icon.